0: for us to truly begin. So, as we begin, I'd like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land upon which we meet, the Boon Wurrung and the Wurundjeri of the Kulin Nation, who are, you know, are the great custodians of the land upon which Melbourne Festival at large happens. We'd like to acknowledge Elders past, present and, of course, at Melbourne Fringe, the emerging. That's what we were really keen to support. Um, this land was never ceded rights remain with those people, and so it always was, is and will be, be sure. um, So, we're here tonight to talk about um, touring. It's the Tour Ready FAQ. And some of you might be like, where's Anthony? We got so used to meeting her and hanging out with her. This is our usual Tuesday afternoon. Unfortunately, you got me tonight. So, my mm-hmm. name is Dan. I'm the creative program producer at Melbourne Fringe. I do know a little bit about touring, and I did help do the pack, so I'm not going to be making it up. This is all some knowledge that I do have. But fear not, it's not just me who's kind of got the knowledge. It's my colleague, Tom Brown. Um, you might have seen up the stairs also uh, Cameron, Caitlin, and of course we have some special guests here tonight. We have Justin from Regional Arts Victoria, give him a We have Tessa, who's an artist in the Fringe, and I'll introduce them probably later, but uh, you won't just be hearing from me. Um, I'd like to thank the Art Centre who host us tonight and for the rest of the series. They've been a fantastic partner. And um, it's probably worth starting off by talking about what we think we're going to cover tonight. Um, who here has toured before? Great. Right. Who wants to tour? Great. <laughs> I've got heaps <laughs> to say to Um Today we're going to talk about yeah. Basically, you've got fringe coming up. Let's imagine that that's a roaring success, and that you've got a creative work that you're very proud of, and you're like really serious about what next for this year, now's the time to start thinking about it. So we've kind of slightly moved before. But, of course, like with all things fringe, we're probably worth starting off just asking some questions at the very beginning about why do you even want to tour? Let's make sure you've got your priorities right from the start, and then you might be able to make some different kinds of decisions. So, um, who's touring because I think it'll be fun? Great. It can. Help. But it's also hard work. Um, so you know, don't expect it to be a holiday. Let's put it that way. Um, who's here because they are very proud of their work and they want to broaden their audience? Fantastic, because that's kind of what a good um, action of touring can be. But you've really got to know who your audience is. You can't just expect that everyone who hasn't seen your work is still going to be your audience. Much like we talked about with our marketing previously, each show has a particular audience, and each kind of community and place you go to will probably have a particular audience too. Come on in, take a seat. This is Cameron. Give them away. And Caitlin. Um, Who's who's touring because it's like, oh, this show's easy to tour. This is like a totally tourable show. Yeah, see, this is where we start to ask some good questions. Not every show is right for touring. Some shows naturally do fit in a suitcase and, um, you know, come at the right price. Some things are very big and have lots of mechanical pieces and it's still worth it, but you've got to really do a whole other level. Um, and what's my, my final question? Does this touring fit in with your greater practice? So what are your ambitions? Are you at this point kind of um, making new work because you've just got something you need to express and you're kind of finding out what that is in the action of doing it? Or are you maybe at a different point where you're like, I totally know what I'm about. I totally know how this work is going to save lives and fix this country. So you might be at a different end of the touring process and there's different choices you can make. So, you know, at on one end you might be touring to more fringe festivals another end, you might be having very niche festivals that you're trying to aim towards. So I just wanted to kind of start off, you know, by saying that there's not one way to tour, there's not one type of tourable show, and everything that we say today is there for you to take and think and massage in your own way. Um, let's have a talk at the end. There'll be lots of time for questions to really dig into it and go, I have a particular way that I'm thinking about doing it. Have you got a particular time? So keep those little questions down. Advanced warning. I will be looking at... But maybe it's time for me to introduce um, Justin, Justin Murphy. Do you want to take take a step up? Um, he's the manager of performing arts touring at Regional Arts Victoria. Oh. Ah! So I'm it's the old sheep. That is. I'm the director of program at Regional Arts Victoria. Got a Victoria. promotion. <laughs> right. So he totally knows what he's talking about. That's what, all you need to know. Um, Justin helped us do the Tour Ready Pack. So who has seen the Tour Ready Pack? Fantastic. I'll talk. Why don't I hand it over to Justin, you can talk about what touring
1: is. Sure. Um, hi, it's a real pleasure to be here. Um, as Dan said, my name's Justin Murphy, I'm the Director of Programming which Regional Arts Victoria. Um, I personally have a long and a really proud tradition with Melbourne Fringe. I worked on my first Melbourne Fringe show at TheatreWorks, I think in 1997. Um, so <laughs> I'm coming up on 20 years this year, I worked for the Fringe every Um. Some sight games, so anyone who has um, difficulties around access to the vision, I apologize. Um, I have a colleague of mine who's an audio describer who I'll go into work on the script. Um, so, I've, I, I've this year I've called my presentation so you, think you can keep in tour. Um, the touring landscape <laughs> is fairly complex. Um, as I said, we operate three separate touring programs which Regional Arts Victoria, so we work with. Professional presenters in performing arts centres, um, so people who, who manage professional centres. Um, we work with community groups in our Places program and hub and spoke. So, the way I explain it to producers and artists is think of it as performance in unconventional spaces, much like a French festival. Um, and then the other one we do is our arts, arts education program, which is touring to work into schools. I will keep looking back a little bit, because I just think some of the visuals from the slides show myself. Um, so the topics I'll cover off are, I'll delve a bit more into Dan's question about why do you to do um, uh, What the term ecology is, uh, and uh, <coughs> what's to a and to develop. you get to that point in your life where it's 106 miles to Chicago, you've got half a, <coughs> team, half a pack of cigarettes, a full tank of gas, it's dark and you're wearing sunglasses <laughs> w- why too going <laughs> Really. Gonna, you've got to think of it about what benefit is it going to give to you as the artist and your work and what benefit there is for the person presenting and showing that work inside their venue. Um and there has to be a benefit both ways, be that monetary, be that in terms of furthering the art, the discussion around the art, the discussion around social issues. There, there's more to it than, than just doing it for the sake of it. Um there there are other mechanisms available. So you might instead of touring a work from place to place to place to place, you might go to one place and go up <coughs> and go and work in that community in depth for a period of time and there's a A really good example of that is Damien Cullinan, um, who's a well-known comedian, is just finishing off a tour with us called Town Folk, where he can go into a town, work with the locals, produce video content, and there's a performative outcome at the end of four or five days um, for that. You might just work on a one-off. Instead of doing a tour from place to place, you might just come in and out from town. And we do that a lot with our education program. And then you might actually, Use the work that you're doing in fringe this year to have a conversation with the presenter about commissioning a new work specific to their venue. Audience. Um, and as I say, you know there should be points of commonality or a, com- a common purpose between who you, as the artist, are trying to reach um, as an audience and who that presenter is trying to reach. If you can find the more point points in common you have in terms of. Audience reach and outcomes with the presenter, the more likely they are to look your way. So these are some of the sort of high-level questions you should ask about YT here. Um, and there is no one. Else So, Victorian Ecology, who can you do or two, Where can you take work? You could possibly put on a show somewhere, somewhere like here, and I've certainly seen shows take place in venues so not too far different from this during the Fringe Festival. Um, a really good place to start about, in, and this is in regional Victoria, is go to the website of an agency called VAHAP, which is the Victorian Association of Foreign around Centres. They're the peak body for venue managers, particularly in regional areas. And as you can see here, they've got about 60 members. Um, most of them are professional. There are a few volunteer organizations. Um, and, th- and they are all, nearly all in Victoria. There's a few Tasmanians there. There are larger organizations, like the newly-renamed Performing Arts Connections Australia, used to the Australian Performing Arts Association, and they cover a national as well. Um, most of the states now have some form of presenter association. Um, in Victoria, over 400 community hall, mechanics institutes, libraries, whatever else, All, all potential Schools our, libraries, our schools database for Victoria? Oh, So, tour development, this is probably not going to surprise anyone, is slightly more complex than picking a bunch of venues, printing them on the back of a t shirt, and away you go. (laughs) Um, So, before we print the shirt, tour development involves things like sourcing work if you're a producer, or you want to be a touring producer rather than a creative producer. Um, And we have a number of methods by which we do that for our programs. Um, Budgeting. Uh, gathering interest, so just initially putting the feelers out to a bunch of pre- presenting organisations and saying, hey, we've got this, we think it would be right for your audience, we're thinking of doing it about this time, would you be interested? And then the more formal process of going, okay, we're going ahead, we're putting an itinerary together, this is how much it's going to cost you, or this is the deal we're going to do financially, you know, that might be a case of Model B, where we model where we, we sell the show to our presenter for a fee and we pay you your fee as the artist and the more dates we string together, the cheaper it is for the presenters, the longer we employ the artists, hopefully. Um, so, and that's a very formal phase and that's, well, there's almost contracting that goes involved with that because the next step is, involves securing funding. And this can mean going to government bodies such as Credit Victoria and they're Victoria around. And or somewhere like once you move beyond Victorian state borders, you will looking at something like playing Australia. Um, it's worth at this point mentioning asking the question, and I should have asked it earlier. Can someone tell me what a tour is, as far as the government funding body is concerned? Anyone want to have. In so far as there is specialist help needed to support the costs from the artist's relocation from their normal base of operations to when performance is held, there needs to be a hell of a lot of community engagement, but a tour can be one performance function. Something like Damien Callum's town phone could go to one stop, and that would still be considered a tour and it would be quite eligible for touring the tour if because of the level of community engagement. Um, Um, but yeah, just hand it another two isn't necessarily a big long string. it's. New- Show in your venue on your date. We collect the fees from the presenters and we then pass them on. We, we pass them to you. And that's almost a pretty direct transfer. Um, but we also have go-to go dimensions of the delivery side with you as well. But here's the important question and Dan has started. fighting for your Fringe show, f- for a Fringe show to them. Yeah. 10 points to that
2: man. <laughs> and actually,
1: preferably, last bit. <laughs> it should be, a, if you have, think you want to turn a show into a touring product, it should, be, it should be part of the consideration the whole way through your creative process. It will make your life so much Um, there is a thing to be said for that too but I understand that you guys as fringe artists take a huge risk in the amount of time and effort you put into into presenting a local fringe for very little chance of a guaranteed reward you need to be able to So assuming you're working into your creative processes, you'll work out where some of the headwalls might be, like if you have a piece of set that, for, for, that, that just doesn't tour well because you've chosen to make the step, set out of styrofoam for artistic reasons, I can almost guarantee you that won't tour well. Um, you can just make some of those practical considerations about, and I'll come into the So, are they available at at the point where you've secured the dates? Can they rework their lighting plans, prepare costumes, build sets? They're going to be able to get to a number of different venues. Do you have a casting page in there for the things that they might be asking? Because ultimately, we all want to make sure we try to get everybody properly because we're all professionals. Um, Is your cast available? You'd be surprised stand-up committee than it is for an ensemble. I'll, I'll say that much. Um, um, as I said, verbal show can be stolen, And that's a question because it's highly unlikely you will put on a show at Melbourne Fringe and be cheering within the next six months. You might get to LA and that's pushing that six-month limit. Um, but if we're talking... are currently booking tours for 2019. Um, when, when me and my staff are coming to see words, um, another they this year, we're thinking about what might be on to stage in 2020, 2020. So you just need to appreciate that it's, it's long. Some of this is quite long lead times, and six months is about the shortest of those. So let's talk about... Um, when we're talking about the soft fees, we talk about three to six Those are, in industry terms, ringout costs, weekly costs, touring costs, and the other thing you should have a quick think about is if you're not planning on not touring, just planning on doing one off engagements, a per show fee. I would say, say that. So what is a remount for The simplest way I can describe it is that a remount cost is what it's going to cost you to get behind every every dollar you spend up until you get behind the wheel of the, of the two of us to go to the first stop. In the two So those are going to be things like wages for rehearsals, rental for a rehearsal room, if um, prop sourcing, you know, going out and rebuying Rebuilding the set if need be. Um, uh, doing things like marketing and promotions, and that has to happen quite early. So, for example, works that we are touring next year, we are at this point, there may be a work going out in October next year. Uh, there is, in fact, I can think of one. We're asking them for their marketing materials for the presenter that will go to the audiences now, because that's the time frame that they need to work on. So, you could be sending Um, what goes into your weekly costs? So I have, I have covered this one off a little bit, but it's it's how much it costs to import a touring party per week, and I can't emphasize this second, next line enough. Do you mind for of your production staff? It might be okay for your cast who come in, do a two-hour show walk away, but if it takes eight hours for every show to bump every show in, ten hour, two hours to bump that out. That's has been a huge toll on the technical staff. And it won't be sustainable for very long. You should consider do you need to do things like have travel bumping days ahead of performances? Um, Do you have the rights to the work? Really, really important. You don't want to find out too late that you don't. Um, How much your creatives might cost? Your creatives might say we'll charge you a lesser fee for the initial design, but you need to. Um, Consumables, if you use food on stage, if you have props that need them, for example the listings. Toilet paper, that's (laughs) great. But they go through four to five rolls of toilet paper per shop. Um, That's got to be paid for somehow. Um, The venues really don't like you stealing a toilet paper just for the record. (laughs) Um, And a little money for the producer. You should be able to put a little bit in the bank. As I say, you guys are taking a huge risk of getting the work to the fringe in the first place, getting it to the marketplace. Wouldn't it be nice to get some of that back? Wouldn't it be nice to have a little bit of money in the bank while you're developing your next project? Yeah, and you know, yeah, as producers, you guys are gonna be paid too. I want to your touring costs? So your touring costs are things like your tour of vehicle, fuel for that vehicle, tolls for that vehicle, <coughs> freight for when it's an impractical drive, hotels, food, meals, flights if needed, and incidentals. <laughs> <laughs> so just to quickly run through those again, that's vehicles, fuel, tolls, freight, accommodation, meals, flights, transfers, uh, pervains or incidentals, and uh, total delivery things. But arranging all that takes time and costs its money. Now you can do it yourself, but that's going to take your time and cost you money. You can ask someone like Regional Arts Victoria to do it, or Auspicious Arts, or Regional Stages, or any number. There's a a number of other agencies who do tour delivery. But they're going to have office space They won't employ their stuff. So there will be a fair touch to that. The good news, you can apply for grants from Touring Victoria, playing Australia, and of all of these things. Touring Victoria ground rounds brand run twice per year, in February and August, for, for projects starting, the August round starts on the 1st of January, for the grant is for the project starting on the 1st of July, um, Plain Australia is three of the rounds per year, and that's all 12 months to The next thing about how you're going to mark So that should include things like a brief synopsis of the show, what it's about. Yeah, don't, don't add spoilers if you don't really need to. Um, a brief background of the company, who you are, or you as the artist. Just so they've got an idea, you know they might have seen you doing something else, they might have seen you for other people. Um, your tech requirements including bump-in, running and bump-out times. I can tell you that for most venues the biggest cost of them is not how much they're paying the producer put the show on, it's how much they're paying their staff. And this is a big So that that's a big component for them, and it's something we've got to know fairly fairly straight up. Show fees, potentially what your brain mounted to what your biggest things are, especially if you're trying to stick the string to the room around the tool. one that knows how much do you want to have um, a sample of your audience, the marketing material that, that they can give to their audiences. So that could be things like press releases, hero images, production shots, flyer samples, all that kind of stuff. This is from Showcase Victoria. Which is But this is all of that information. So the Wine Bluffs was a Melbourne Fringe show in twenty fifteen. Since then, to another a number of other Fringe Fringe and comedy festivals, and so on. I I can't actually read that text, but trust me, that's what some of it says. Um, This is all that, you know, it's it's all of that sort of that kind of information. Who you contact, that kind of stuff. And this is this is one of seventy eight. So it's got all that information. So, as I said, Wine Bluffs was Fringe 2015 downstairs in what I think of as the at of Northern Town Hall. It's gone on to 2019. We're currently booking a 2019 tour for it. So, again, just get an idea. Get your head around some of what those time frames might be. Um, Enjoy the show you're doing, because you can be doing it for a long time. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So that's just the second page of that. Um, So let's talk about that but marketplace market. marketplaces are, um, Australia's a big country. There's quite a lot of them. Um, and there are venues scattered all over the place. So as I said, there's about 60 in Victoria. There's about 35 professionally managed ones in New South Wales and the ACT. About 20 odd in Queensland. About seven in South Australia, two in the Northern Territory, and about seven in West Australia. Um, and four in Tasmania, that's what we're talking in the States. Okay. Um um, so the great thing about Victoria is lots of venues really close by. But even so, it's a six-hour drive to um, you go know to WA, that's a two-day drive from one venue to the other in some instances. Um, so, and those venue managers can't get out to see as much work as someone like I can, and I do see a hell of a lot of work. Um, so they have what they call a marketplace. You can't, you know, they bring all of the venue managers together in one place, they put out calls for More life, and in the case of Showcase Victoria, which we run in association with the um, Victorian Association for Performing Arts Centres, you might get a seven-minute pitch on stage, or you might get to do a 12-minute excerpt of your show, or you might get a tail. So you, you know, it, it, I've got some stage time, but we, we know there are definitely 20 tours were built out of that over 2018 and 2019, and we suspect that the final answer will be somewhere about 30 tours are built, not to mention one off the to so potential for you guys is. It's a lot of work to do, there, but there's a huge payoff at the end of it. Um, so Showcase Victoria is the Victorian one. Peer dates you need to know. Applications. Will open on the tenth of November this year. Applications will close, and it's a hard closing, and some well-known artists have worked this the hard way, <laughs> on the 4th of December. And that's to present in April of next year. You will find if, if you apply, you will find out probably will January whether or been successful. And as I say, you won't be pitching that again until April of next year, and you won't be touring probably. Um, the Forming Arts Exchange, which was held last week in Sydney, next year it's being held in Santa Barbara, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and that's in—I should know the dates it's colliding with something else. That's from the second, and the second, of the third, second of third of September next year. Applications for that will open in late April, just about the end of the Comedy Festival, um, uh, and for those of you. The Australian Performing Arts Market, which is been is a buying event, it, so it's held every two years. Next year, that's being held next year. Applications to present that have already closed. Bo- applications to put it on a booth close on the eleventh of September. So, convenient. Yeah. Um, but this has much more of an international focus. This is bringing in New Zealand and Southeast Asia, America. This is a much more international marketplace, and it's um, <coughs> the shows you already. There is also the National Touring Selector, which is a digital marketplace. So it is a website that is basically. Do you know the Touring? <laughs> Less <swag>. like <laughs> um, But yeah, no, um, but that's something where you can pay a fee, you can put your show up, and presenters can go along and have a look at that. Oh, I'm not at that. Yeah, I'll, I'll go with that producer. Um, so we we'll quickly. Um, what can kind a of tour coordinator or producer do? And as I said, that term tour coordinator is sort of a bit of a favour, but we're not quite sure what we call ourselves in the meantime. Um, so we can do the tool development stuff. So we can we can, um, we can can help you with grant help. And when I say that original answer me, it doesn't do this, but I know other tool I know other tour producers who do, we'll help with support for the final development of work. so a bit of grant writing around that. Um, we will help you with representation at marketplaces. So if you come to showcase to Victoria, presenters say yes, we want that, and we start putting the tools together for you. We'll then go. For, we'll we will then represent you at the following exchange, if that's all. um. We'll help you out with budgeting. Uh, we will build itineraries. We will help you with funding applications to fund the touring costs and maybe some of the rental costs if. if We'll do the contracting, we'll help you with the preparation, we'll help you with the preparation of your marketing toolkits and we'll distribute them to the venues for you. And what all of the tour producers, coordinators, developers, whatever you want to call us have, we have. That's all the um, another term you will hear. This is an artist agent, a travel advisor. But you will have to have thing for that. <laughs> uh, the other thing, we, the other side of the point is tour delivery. So all of the things I've discussed before: booking vehicles, flights, accommodation, budgeting for the tours, cash flow is a big one that we can help with. So we'll sit there and take all of the fees that we've gathered for your tour, and that might vary. You might, you know, you might do a deal with someone, and, and we'll smooth that out over the course of the tour and we'll make sure you get. The weekly income, so you can cover your payroll. We'll pay you. We'll pay you the per diems that you can then pay your. Um, bit of home based support. I think that's fair shape. There's some of the other end of the phone in the office in Melbourne, or on the other end of the mobile phone, who can go cool.
0: Thank so much, Justin. Um, yes, it can be serious, it can be quite involved, but as kind of Justin said, there are people out there who have got this path before. So there is intelligence out there, there is information. And so, in a way, we've started you with the, like, this is how you do it seriously. This is legit, this is best practice. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: there are some
0: good slides in there. So I'll, I'll look into that. But, but that's a kind of, you know, that's a high-water mark. And you can definitely aim there, and there's actually a lot of information that you'll grab from that and that you'll use in different ways. But as we've said, not every tour is the same. So kind of when Tessa jumps up, I'm sure you'll talk about a pretty different type of tour. The term, other end right? of the spectrum. <laughs> exactly. It's so, you know, of the early riots, but <laughs> Just know that this is going to continue, and we're going to kind of, you know, pat it out and kind of show you a few different options. But I just must emphasise that the Tour Ready Pack is really an amazing resource for you. There's lots of things in there. So when you t- say Budget is mentioned, or a a touring touring um, tech text You know, you kind of like, oh, anyway, start. What am I supposed to put in there? All these templates and everything exist out Regional regionalized Victoria is a great place to start. Showcase Victoria, that was mentioned, also has a lot of resources and expertise that they share, and so do all those other things. So you might not be aiming for APAM yet because you're not really going for international, but all of that kind of stuff from you know um, regional Victorian touring all the way up to international touring. Once you learn the trick. You see how that system works, you can play the game up and down that scale. So it is a good place to start. But I'm going to talk a bit more about kind of the Tour Read program, what we can do to help you, and kind of some of the resources that we have very close to hand. So I'm glad to see that when you all put your hands up, you've kind of had a peek at the Tour Read pack. It's really your turn bible, as far as we're concerned. But I'm going to go over a few of the points. But kind of what I want to emphasise is the reason that we're talking about this now is that there is a bunch of industry professionals that we've invited they're looking for particular kinds of work, um, you know, comedy producers and venues are looking for that kind of stuff and circus people are looking for that, so not everyone's looking for the same thing, but we can kind of help you and them kind of meet each other, so that's kind of what we're getting towards, but, you know, what will they ask you, what do you need to figure out before you even start having those conversations? So, the tour Ready Handbook came in your email last week, for those of you who didn't see it, um, it's just a link that's downloadable off our website. Participants, resources, and then you'll find everything you ever want there, including logos, for your posters, ticketing login, all that kind of stuff. Um, in that, you also find a list of presenters who are participating in the program. So they're looking for work. But that doesn't mean they're looking for every work. They have particular things that they're looking for, and I want to emphasize this. Just because you have this power, this list, you should not abuse it. <laughs> There is, in my land of fringe, there is no mass email. There is only personal emails. So you have a look at the list and you go, I'm a debt show. You go, uh, I work in speaking tents You'll go look down the list, you'll find the right person, you'll say, dear Jane, I saw you in the Tour Ready program and I thought, do I have a work for you? And it's a personal email that you're saying and you're basically asking them, would you like to come and see my work? Because I think I've got something that you're looking for. And at the very least, not in town at the same time as I'm in. So feel free to write them an email, be very polite, and be very personal. Just do not spam. It will give you no favours in this industry. Am I correct? Separate. Am I correct? <laughs> Seconded and moved. Do <laughs> not spam. <clears throat> so we've kind of done a bit of this white tour, so I'll skip. Pitching your show. So when I say that you're emailing people, that's one mm-hmm. way of pitching your show. And you should be very clear about you know, what your unique part of your show is. So. Um, it's a comedy about survival and family and, you know, you've mentioned, um, have been burnt. Yeah. Was that a burnt? Yeah. Burns kind of Correct. scenario. That's particular. It's a kind of real, like, this is what the show is about. So you might know that there's a particular presenter out there that's a particular series of works or work with other similar artists, and you kind of go, this is my unique um, You can do that in email. You can do that. you kind of do it more at the bar. You sidle up and you go, hey, I've got a bottle of wine here. I've got a spare glass. Oh, yeah, yeah great. I like your venue. That's, that's a venue that I go to a lot. It's, it's fantastic, actually. And you kind of, kind of sidle up a little bit more that way. So there's kind of a few ways that you do it. Basically, you want to be pretty succinct. You want to be pretty direct about what you're saying. And you want to know your own words. Are, I can send through all that stuff. Like it's I don't here's my suggestion is first of all, I've got a show on. Yes. This is what it is and these are the dates. I'd love you to come. Yes. If you'd like to know more, here is a link to a Dropbox that yep. has my church spec, here's a link that has some promotional images, dah, 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 dah. And, and you can kind of put that as a little thing, or you can say if you'd like to know more, let me know. Yep. But you know, I think at the very least you should be sending them a link to your free show, that, yep. that website that we've got set up maybe you do have some promotional stuff or a personal website that has a few things so yeah. I would say links rather than dump series of works, um, kind of current show details. As I said, I'm doing fringe. I'm also planning to go to Adelaide, or I'm also booked for some other events in October, November. Um, if you've done a work before, reviews, and even if you've done other works that have been reviewed, they're not worth they're, they're, they're not to be discounted. They're worth mentioning. You know, a quote from The Age or a quote from um, Richard Watts saying it was a top work. His, his work. Um, work samples. So you know, here it might be. you know, saying, I'm also working on this work, this is interesting, maybe that's your tea as well. Um, and crucially, you might not lead with this, but you do want to have a budget. You do want to have basically a, a case made in that budget, that you've thought about it, you know what this is, you're taking it seriously, and if they give you some money, you're going to spend it wisely. And actually, you're going to help them spend their money wisely, because they're thinking about their own audience, their own venue. Their slots. They're trying to match something up to their audience. Uh, maybe challenge them. Maybe maybe give them exactly what they want. So kind of you know, feel free to ask them. What are you looking for? What do you need? Um, and really kind of you know, make sure that you're a person that's accommodating and kind of asking them as many questions as you are just forcing stuff. You know, they want anything more. Um. So tech specs. This can be a little bit daunting. How heavy the thing was that I was putting on the roof, but you know, I had to find out. So, it is a really smart thing, as Justin said, to be thinking about early. So, if you do have any kind of um, aerials, sort of some circus people here, if you aerials, you know, kind of ask your reader or someone who knows about this to really help you explain what it is, um, how heavy it needs to be, how high the, the ceiling needs to be. All <coughs> of those other things would be super important. Um, and I guess, really, what you're going to bring on to tour on the road, you know, if it's this big piece of set or whether it's, the um, you know, talent and what they need to provide. Because they might need to provide a whole bunch of stuff in the venue that you say, I don't tour with that, but I expect you to have it at the other end. That could be a sound, it could be a play, it could be anything. But you've got to make a bit of creative Some um, things like dressing room requirements, you know, kind of important too. You might know that um, cast member A and cast member B don't get along same room with each other, but they may not know that and just stick you in a big dressing room together and that could be the end of your tour right there. So there's some little things like that that, you know, you've really got to think about and it's really kind of every little thing. Um, you might even kind of put on there that there's, there's food requirements and I, I, I need you to give me dinner when I arrive at the venue, but here's a microphone. I wouldn't get crazy with that. No, no, no just blue
1: that slide in the next presentation. <laughs> um,
0: and of course, you know, as I said, what, what um, materials am I bringing, or kind of equipment am I bringing, what staff am I bringing? Um, you know, if, you, if you're kind of expecting someone to be there to do the lights and there isn't, you're in trouble. Um, so you better to be really clear about it before you even start the conversation. There are templates that we can provide you. What kind of touring are we talking about? I'm going to change gears a little bit. So that's kind of a way for, like, So we're a Fringe Festival. We love the other Fringe Festivals. There's absolutely no competition. So we're, uh, pretty, pretty comfortable in our place. We're very lucky we have the Comedy Festival as well. We get along with them very well. But we get we love Adelaide. That's probably next after the Melbourne Fringe. Hot on the heels of that comes simultaneously is the uh, Fringe World in Perth. Um, Adelaide, uh, no, sorry, New Zealand is, is, is happening at the same time in Wellington. Um, and it goes on and on also have great relationships with um, Brisbane Powerhouse, who do certain kind of festivals and similar to fringes, and you can almost kind of look at the whole year, uh, even to you know Edinburgh today, um, where there's a festival last week where it's kind of been happening. So you can just tour fringe festivals for as long as you like, and the touring um, scenario there is very different to what Justin said. You actually don't need to have quite the same level of text quite the same level of Roadside, um, you know, support. It's a different way of doing it, but you still need to kind of have a, a big, really clever idea of why you're doing it, what it's for, what you're trying to get out of it, because you can still spend a lot of money on that stuff. Um, music touring is obviously a thing that's a whole different circuit. If you look in the pack, there's a whole kind of uh, list of suggestions there. Um, comedy touring, again, a little bit different, but you can kind of definitely go in and out now the fringe festivals. Um, visual arts touring is a whole different kettlefish. of fish. Anyone interested? then there's literature touring. That's kind of somewhere in between, because you might be launching a book or a zine, but actually, you know, literature festivals these days have just as many opportunities for theatre and comedy and things like that, actually, as writing. Um, ooh, that's some tiny <laughs> words. I'm going to read them out for me. The funny opportunities are, you know, to kind of keep up with what's going on, keep up with what regional arts Victoria are talking about, that he is excellence, then the resources is excellent, auspicious arts really I really want to do it. I can't wait. I don't want to wait for permission. I'm just going to do it." And so you kind of actually fundraise and you find a lot more. Um, so we've got Possible. Melbourne French has a relationship with them. Uh, we've done workshops with them before. So if you go back to the start of the FAQ series of money, you can start that whole process again to go touring. And then, of course, Creative Partnerships um, Australia also has excellent kind of um, crowdfunding scenarios. Sometimes they are able to match your funds if you join a particular program. So very clever for those who are all um, the e pack. pack, tons of links in it. Open it up; it's the best. <laughs> Showcase Victoria. That's coming up. The, the deadline, but you know, I think you all acknowledge, don't you? That within that deadline, there's a lot of work to do. So there's a lot of assistance on that website. So really do check that out. That's going to give you a lot of templates that you need. A real um, ABCD introduction into everything. Um, are you doing the Victorian Touring mm-hmm. workshop? Mm-hmm. Yeah, great. That's is that the right day? Yes. Sixth, I think so. 16th of November, the Darabin Arts and Entertainment Centre. Which is where she goes. Oh, so you'll be so comfortable because you've been to the, to the info <laughs> session, you've done all the work, you put in your application, and then you just be like, oh, Darabin Arts and Entertainment I love you. Um, so that's a really fantastic day. I've, I've been there a couple of times, and I've seen people start their virtual journey in this room, go into that room, and then, you know, basically tour works all around the country. So it is actually serious about learning something it's a really great way to do that I think that's the end of my little bit Um, uh, uh, I'm going to hand you over to Tessa Waters Um, Tessa is a fringe favourite you've had amazing success on the circuit Um, Women's has been an amazing show that you've toured with um, and now now in the past Melbourne fringe program but you know we toured to Bendigo to Ballarat um, places in between Um, Tessa's gone to Edinburgh's, you are know, part of the Fringe Wives Club. You can tell us a bit about that, I'm sure. Uh, basically, you know, Tessa's done it all herself, um, with a little bit of help at different times, but mostly, I would say, if you would agree yep. with me, yep. with a lot of energy and self-determination. So I think this is the different version of Turing if you're going to be able to <laughs> talk about here. And you're probably going to find lessons from both. So here's Tessa. Can I just set that going? No, like, I? What
2: do I do? I can just you go back the play?
0: and then go forward again.
2: Okay, great. I'm going to sit down and say I've had 20 a week. Oh, Just like <laughs> halfway through. And captures are great. Um, I've just set up a little slideshow that I'm just going to let run. It's just I my, my first uh, Melbourne Fringe was 2010. Um, and I've pretty much been on tour kind of since then. So I'll just like start that flowing. I think that should just flip through now. I think. Great. If it doesn't change every five seconds,
0: oh, you go, it's, it's,
2: away. Go. it's away. It's away. Um, so I was. So my name is Tessa Waters. Um, I know quite a lot of you already, which is lovely. Uh, for those of you I don't know, uh, I'm a comedian and a producer and a mentor and a carny, uh, <laughs> self-proclaimed. So I, over the last two years, I've been on tour. Probably that's what's two years, twenty-four months. I've been on tour, maybe twenty months over the last two years. Uh, I've toured all around. I do the Australian festival touring circuit every year, which is, runs from um, January through to end of April. And then I often go over to the UK and do um, London and Edinburgh, but I've also done Brighton and Athens and Germany and a whole bunch. So I guess I'm, I'm yeah, I've, 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 I've a, l- a bit of a double up, so I'm going to just kind of jump around a little bit so we don't kind of cover the same stuff. But I thought I'd just start with my first, um, how I got into my first tour. So I did my first ad, uh, Melbourne Fringe 2010 with my first solo show, How To Be A Lady. Uh, the first, it was just like, I wanna make a show, I wanna see what comes out of my brain, let's go. It went really well. I, during, I went to one of these sessions, I think during it and went to like one of the, kind of the networking sessions, meeting producers and I was like, ah, oh, there's this thing called Adelaide Fringe. That sounds like a right, I wanna do that. So it had all closed. And it was done, so I called Neil, who was like the artist services person at the time, and was like, "I want to go to Adelaide. How do I do that?" He's like, "Well, you're too late, but come on it." <laughs> um, and so he got me connecting somebody in Adelaide and the artist services team, and they were like, "You're so late, but uh, come on it." <laughs> um, and then they're like, "We do have this venue that um, no one's running, so if you want to run that venue, you can do Adelaide Fringe." And me being like a little go a kind of like, "Sure." So the first Adelaide Fringe I curated a like a four show program we set up the uh, Austral Tavern performance space that was just like a blank room we brought all the lights and cords and everything from Melbourne on Tiger um, <laughs> we couldn't we forgot that you couldn't take extra baggage so we posted our clothes later <laughs> and wore the same clothes for the first week we were just in the same pair of undies um, we stayed at a hostel, which I would not recommend. Um, <laughs> it was the last time I stayed at a hostel during a festival, uh, and yeah, and that kind of just kind of got me hooked. Um, I met an amazing carny family or fringe family during that time, which is just growing and growing and grown over the seven years I've been touring. Uh, and you just you learn more and more, and I think these these kind of these kind of sessions are where the information is out. like if you're if you're trying to figure out how you fit into the Turing model and what what it is for you whether you're a circus performer or a comedian or a visual artist or a writer like there's it's all possible it's all there and, there's, and it's all been done before so there's lots of people to give you the information so just ask and most of them be like oh come on i think <laughs> most of the time if you're nice if you're an owl no um so uh yeah what should i talk about so um, I guess th- the big thing is money, okay, that's uh, often a big question, um, so they've seen the model of like true, like, uh, applying for funding, which is often that sort of long lead time, um, bigger productions, but whether if you're a comedian or a fringe show, um, and you're kind of a smaller production and you just want to kind of get out there and do it, uh, just cash for yourself, figure out a way to do it, it's not, it's not um, impossible by any means. Um, you can keep costs really low and there's, there's things that can help you. Um, in the last two years, I've, I've been partnering with Auspicious Arts, which is an incredible company based in Melbourne, who um, help you budget for your tour. They can help cash flow your tour. So if you have um, gigs that are confirmed or um, fees that are confirmed, they can and they can invoice that, they can then cash flow things for you. So that has been a huge game changer in my process. Um, approach to touring, because normally I have to, you know, you, you get a job, or the last tour pays the new tour, and you're kind of constantly kind of catching up with yourself about whether you can afford to like buy groceries, then, <laughs> which is the hard thing when you're on tour, and you kind of got to keep paying yourself a wage, so Auspicious Arts are a great resource for independent producers and independent artists, whether you're doing a big tour, or whether you're doing a one-off show, they are amazing, and really nice, and they also help you do tax and stuff like that, and they're just the best. Um, and they also do a great newsletter, which has lots of opportunities on it about other like residencies that are around and funding opportunities. So they're just an awesome, awesome resource. Um, I've done a bunch of crowdfunding uh, for tours as well. I feel like just from from like the performance perspective, crowdfunding is kind of losing its effectiveness a little bit, but it can still work. Like if you, it's all based on your. Networks. If you've never done one before, you've got a strong network of people around you that love your work or just love you, then that's great. Once you do a couple, it kind of becomes harder to do. People are like, nah. <laughs> you
1: no.
2: Know. Um, but you can do fundraising shows, you know, like sell out a 60-seater with your friends and family. That's, you know, 1500 bucks, 2000 That can kind of get you somewhere. Um, yeah, there's ways. I always think never let money stand in the way of you doing a tour or you doing something it can always be found it can always be hustled um and i think if you stop as an artist it can be really um overwhelming when you kind of go oh i need to get this huge amount of money to go here it's an investment in you it's investing in your work if you're going over to edinburgh like it's just a fucking good time as well <laughs> and you become a better artist and you meet all these amazing people and like so you can sort of see it, don't just look at it as this big chunk of money that's kind of going down the drain, see it as this investment in you and your life and your career and your passion. And thats it's, it's very like tangible things. Um, we have talk a lot about planning and production, so I don't think we have kind of need to kind of go, I, I need to talk about that much. That much. Um, one thing that has really helped me grow my touring, uh, my ability to tour, and my sustainability while touring is being saying yes and being really versatile when you're going to a festival. So by that I mean, so I'm a comedian, I do really physical stuff, I do kind of clowny stuff and character-based stuff, uh, but I also love hosting things, so emceeing, and I can also do stuff for families. Uh, So being really um, versatile when you're going into a festival, knowing what the festival needs, is, is really savvy and can get you gigs that pay a fee that can then kind of cover your costs. So, for example, in Adelaide, um, there's loads of hosting opportunities, lots of gigs. Um, they do the Rundle Mall, which they always need hosts for. So if you are kind of someone who's, um, you know, it can, can play in that space as well, that's maybe outside of your, you know, your show, but it's like you can adapt what you do to that. Uh, it can really help fund the rest of your... So in Adelaide, I'll, I'll generally cover my costs by doing gigs and then therefore the box office is kind of... It's a lower risk season for me for the show. Um, which is really great. And, that, and that's the same with Edinburgh. All the fringe festivals, Perth, Edinburgh, Adelaide, New Zealand, Woodford even, Woodford's a great one. Um, yeah, that can be really helpful. Kid stuff is huge as well. Families and kids stuff, being able to, like, go to that festival's, like... Sponsors Day in the Park, you know, could earn you a thousand bucks for like a ten-minute spot if you've got stuff that can, you know, adapt to be good kids. Or something. So that's just something to think about, um, and also just letting, like, just being in contact with the festival organisers. So if you, you know, if you're coming to, I mean, Melbourne Fringe. Is it, I mean, I know most of the people who work at Melbourne. We've got a good relationship, so you guys know that, you know, I can do MCing. So we have chats about gigs that come up. Um, When I'm going to Adelaide, even if I'm going for other gigs, I'll often call Adelaide Fringe Art Services Team or people I know Then be like, hey, I'm coming over. Do you need any help? Do you need anyone sparkly selling something for you? I can do that. (laughs) And I've gotten tons of gigs out of that. So think about, like, I think when you're going into a festival, like you're going into their busiest time of year, they are flat chat and there's so much going on outside of your show and outside of your venue, if you can be like, hey, I'm really good at jumping in here and there, that's a really great help to them. So, And the more you do that, and the more you prove that you're kind of reliable and nice to work with and you can do a good job, the more you get booked and the more work you get, the less risky your season gets, which is great. Um, networking and the community. So the re- I guess one of the things that has come up with both a lot tonight is the why, why we tour. Um, and I think that's a really good thing to ask yourself. Uh, obviously everyone here has got like a really wide different background. Like there's lots of different, um, arts practices in the room, which is awesome. So it's really specific to, um, you've got to figure out why you want to do it. For me, I love it. I love traveling. I love meeting other artists. I love, uh, Performing to different audiences, like audiences are so different around the world, around the country, around the state. So, for me, it's just the the genuine love of doing it is awesome, um, and also the community that that exists within that. So, the, the like the Carney family right, and the Fringe Wives is part of it. So, Fringe Wives is a cabaret trio that I perform with. We got a grant this year to do uh, our first cabaret show together, and we met just on the dance floor basically. About five years ago, Adelaide Fringe, and we were just off in the last one standing. And then that became <laughs> a great friendship and that became a sharing of artistic ideas and, and political ideas. And um, that then went to, to a lot of bloody Marys, then became a show and funding and which is now taking us around the world, which is really exciting. So that, I think, is a huge benefit for touring, especially the Fringe Festival circuit, whether you're doing the Australian circuit, whether you're doing the Canadian circuit, or heading over to Edinburgh. Like, the family that exists in that space is just the best. Um, and you find, like when an artist, you come across people you've never met before in other circumstances. You collaborate with people at gigs. Um, you see work, which is always good, because it makes you a better artist. Uh, and you kind of... And it changes your mind about what is actually possible in... Not only your own arts practice, but in how that's presented and what people are, you know, hoping for, which is amazing. Um, And within that, uh, again, don't be an asshole. (laughs) Like, be, be, be genuine. Be yourself. Be, um, you know, show up and and care for your front of house staff and people working at the bar and the people pressing the buttons on the techy production staff. Be a nice person because not only is that a good thing to do, (laughs) but you never know who those people are going to be. And I think um, a great example, uh, and I know he wouldn't mind me saying this because we laugh about it all the time, is Felix Braval, who used to work at Melbourne Fringe. I first met Felix as a producer working on a show at Melbourne Fringe when Felix was volunteering in front of a house at North Urban Town Hall. And I had a bit of a diva artist that I was working with and he behaved badly. (laughs) And then... And uh, I then sort of chatted to Felix and apologised and we got into this big, great chat, became friends. Um, Three years later, he called me from London and said, how do we get your show back to Melbourne Fringe? I see you're doing great work. Um, And I said, I need help, so he brought me back to Melbourne Fringe, that was the only Woman's. From that year, I won three touring awards and I've basically been on tour since then. I bumped into him on the dance floor at the Melbourne Fringe last year. (laughs) He said, How do we get you to Darwin? I'm like, I'll come to Darwin. They <laughs> just wanted to do de- 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 Darwin. So it's like it's it's that sort of thing that uh, happens all the time, you know, and it's not like this kind of wheeling and dealing, networky kind of slimy thing. It's just people that you like working with, people that you like. You have good chats with, you end up in like dance floor deals that's gonna say, you've got the email pitch, you've got the social pitch, <laughs> you've got the bar pitch, you've got the dance floor pitch. <laughs> yeah. If that's your thing, that's great. Okay. Um yeah, and, and and knowing, you know, just reading the vibe with that as well, like knowing when to kind of talk to someone about something, or whether to be like, hey, they look like they just need to let us some steam and dance, or maybe we're just gonna dance now, <laughs> and then we'll catch up later. Wasn't that a great dance? I don't want to work with you. Abby's a great example. Abby, Madden um, is it one of my mentors. We met. We met in Berlin last year, I think, yeah. on a, some, a friend's couch. Yep. We're both couch surfing, and Abby's a dance teacher working with pony dance. We got chatting. And then Abby contacted me in the last year and said, "Can I? C- would you be my mentor?" And I was like, "Yeah, get on in here." <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and so now we're working together for, for her first Fringe. Very so, exciting. Um, yeah. So just, I guess the, my wrap up is, uh, <laughs> don't be an animal, <laughs> and uh, get on in here. Um, but I do, I do quickly. Sorry, I did. I, I do. also want to mention: idea of self care. Um, that's huge. As I think there's been lots of pictures of me napping.
0: Because
2: um, napping is amazing. I the, the reality of when you're touring, when you're touring for 10 months last year, I was on tour for 10 months straight, especially if you're a solo artist, um, is it can be really exhausting, it can be really lonely, um, and it can be really hard. Uh, it's also really great, but all that, it's a kind of a duality of that, that exists. So, really, kind of being um, looking after yourself, uh, eating vegetables, getting naps, having a support network. You know, if you if you have got, um, if you do struggle with mental health, make sure you have that support network when you're on the road, that you can call someone. Uh, it happens all the time. People kind of crumble and stumble and, um, yeah, there's amazing support networks out there. Talk to your producers. If you are a producer, think about that with your artists, like if you're sending your artists out on tour, what is their support network while they're on tour, that's really crucial. Um, yeah, have they got enough money to eat dinner? Like, often as an artist, you kind of don't often want to, like, talk about when you you always try to be on and be like, oh, it's all great, you know, we're, the shows are going great, reviews are great, and in reality, you're like, oh, my God, <laughs> I can't afford dinner tonight, you know? So make sure you can kind of have someone that you can be honest with, your fringe wives, you know, that you can, like, be sitting there going, oh, my God, I had the worst show tonight. This guy was, like, just eyeballing me, and it was the worst, and, yeah, you know, that's really important. Of being a sustainable artist. Um, that's kind of it. I think there's, there's more. There's always more. It's kind of endless, but it's just great. Right. <laughs> Don't be scared of doing it. Yeah. Um, just try and like just walk towards it blindly with blind optimism is also a way to do it. Mm-hmm. Everyone's on it for the first time, everyone makes a mistake. There's no you know, hard and fast rule for any of it. Uh, and there's all the festivals have all the information. And they're all really lovely. So just pick up the phone and ask if you need to. Yeah.
0: Why don't we let people ask questions right now? Oh, so this, this can, can be our.
2: Yeah.
0: This can be yes. our kind of. You know,
1: <laughs> <laughs> so.
0: So I think you'll see that there's obviously two very good examples of two different ends of the spectrum. We've got like how to do it all legit, how to get yeah. <laughs> 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 your eyes dotted. Right T's crossed, but also you're just saying sometimes you just have to do it. Yeah. You yeah. just so have to find you a way. Um, <laughs> you're finding different techniques. You're not necessarily going through the
1: 18-month No, it's true, that's true. I, yes. I, I did work as a on the festival circuit for about 10 years. I yeah. that <laughs> to do it, not so much. Yeah, <laughs> 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 uh, yeah
0: we've, we've all got lots of, lots of uh, things to say. It's so a spectrum. It's a spectrum. fringe <laughs> people <laughs> So maybe there's some questions out there, and this is that moment I warned you all about. So I hope you've been running down. But before I do, so I wonder from the two of you, um, can you give me an example of a really good pitch at one of these um, official marketplaces? Like, what's one that sticks out
1: that was effective? Um, for those of you who are familiar with Critical Stages, who are a tool coordination agency, their CEO Chris Bendel, every time I see him get up to up to a term, I'm like, okay, I'm about to be amazed. So if I was running a venue, I just just sign me up. He's he's got snappy video presentations, you feel hooked from the get-go, he's got great images of the work in production, or if it's a work in development, the work in development. And he he does it like that. He he knows straight away, covers off all the key points, you walk away going, as I say, as a presenter you go, I really think I could buy that, I really think I could. it's something I feel I could engage with straight away. Like
0: taking um, everything off, you trust them. You know yeah. they know they work. They're presenting
1: yes. it to its best capacity. Yeah, it's solid. It's just you sit there and go, yeah, this is this is damn it. legit. <laughs> 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 you sit there and go, yeah, I, I I feel assured that if I say yes to that, I know that I'm going to get what it says on the tin
0: can you think Tessa of a, a, an occasion where something's happened a little less official like the dance floor kind of pitch you know yeah. maybe for yourself or some artists that with, but it's just amazing that happened out of the blue uh,
2: one that comes to mind is my, my first Fringe Festival I was very intimidated and had no idea how to do any of this stuff obviously um, and I remember seeing Claudia Doherty, who is now a big superstar in LA and New York on the TV, She's on TV. Um, she was doing a show and uh, I saw her at I think it was a comedy festival information, and she went up to <coughs> the director of the festival and was like, "My name's Chloe. I want to do the comedy festival. How do I do it?" And I was like, Whoa. <laughs> and that, but it, "I mean, it sounds really simple and maybe stupid now, but you know, that's like she was just confident about her work. You know, she also had a great show that everyone loved. Um, and but that's the thing. Like, I think if a lot of those things." Like, it's like speed dating. Everyone's like really yeah. kind of nervous. And yeah. she used to come up and like, oh my God, I love you. I just want to be at your venue, please. But she was like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing, but how do I do it?
0: Yeah. I think the, the hidden message in that is asked, she asked a great question. Yeah. She said, How do I work with you? Because yeah. I like what you're doing. Um, not only am I amazing, I think you're amazing. So I kind of know that you're going to help me find the audience as I need. And da What do you need to know from me? So, you know, asking questions is very important. Yeah. I'm going to give you an example of the very, very worst pitch I've <laughs> ever heard. This one's kind of notorious, and I won't mention any names. But uh, you know that kind of the idea of the casual pitch or having a bottle of wine nearby? There's a very notorious version of that, where someone followed somebody into the toilets at the urinal started to kind of say, have I got a show for you? And, of course, there's nowhere to run or hide at that point. So I just encourage you to stay one this end of things and stay away from the bathroom end of Read the vibe. Read the vibe. (laughs) These people are doing a job too. They are very... They're They're part of the industry. They're very professional, but, you know, they're people too. They, they sometimes need to have an eye. So, you know, maybe finding at that point it would be better to um, wait for them to wash their hands and turn to the bar and say, hey, can I grab your card? I'd like to talk to you about something tomorrow. So always, there's another one, rather than stalking.
2: <laughs> <That's> <laughs> another, another uh, great thing that happens at Adelaide a lot is people have like little small kind of, in, like, like the pitch pack that we've been talking about, but like a printed version the other thing about all these presenters who are coming to the festival they're talking to like maybe 50 artists a day and through no fault of their own, they're just not going to remember you necessarily, even if they love your show like, they just, it's impossible so if you can kind of go, here's my quick pitch and here's some paper, I'll follow you up, yep. because I'd love to chat to you like, that's always a great way to like mm-hmm. get
0: in as well So any questions? I'm getting the five minute warning so these has be, the, you know, a prime you any questions? Who's got the first question? Uh it may be a, a foolish question but I'll
2: still ask no, you. Yeah. So. <laughs> oh that's true. <laughs> Sorry,
1: It's actually pretty reasonable. Um, we just—it tr- um, depends on the person. But and I don't want to mention mention specific figures because it varies a little bit from person to person. Um, it would be the easiest way that we operate is it's a percentage of the total tour budget, and it's a single-digit percentage. It's not—it's not a great deal of, you know, we're not in it. We're, we're we're in it to. Recover what it's cost us to do that. You know, most of these organisations, in fact, all of us, are not for profits, but we have a finite amount of resources. Is
2: it like a royalty that comes
1: out after the? No, it tends to go on the tour budget itself. Um, It's built into the costs of the tour. Um, You
0: know, if you're super skilled, you could do it all yourself, but you're spending a lot of your own labour on that, and you may not have the expertise. So my kind of advice is that it is really good to go through those experts because they'll get it done.
1: Shortest, quickest, possible, most effective way, yeah. and, and just think the economies of scale is what the real like we uh, uh, the the agency that we use for travel we put six figure sums through a year, um so we obviously can access a lot know and we can access the buying power that comes with that, um you know you, you can do it yourself but it is it's time consuming, um so it's you know would you rather do it or would you and however much time that involves for free or would you rather pay someone else not very much money that you can recoup from other sources. Um, it's not that p- it's very rare that you would get presented for a bill as the pre- producer for, for a tool coordination service. Um, especially if they're handling cash flow for you, so for example, Auspicious Arts, therefore you, you, you never see it. It comes out before the money gets and to you.
2: So worth Peace of mind and the support that support. I think that's a good point. It's like the the don't when you. I think when you have such a small pot of money, you're so scared of like spending any of it. Whereas like if, you know, if you get a good publicist, like they will pay for themselves a million times over. If you pay a tool manager or a or specialist, you know, it just means you've got that security. And, like it's yeah, yeah.
1: I would also highly recommend auspicious specialist. We work with a hell of a lot mm. They are really good people you mention something about like an industry standard rates for performance fees and stuff like that? Yeah. I just missed what you said. Or the, live you the live performance award. Um, I think the most recent gazetted version is two thousand and ten, oh. and it gets updated year oh, on year. Yeah. Okay. And it, does that include well, the other kind of the budgeting things and stuff? Yeah. That's purely oh. rates of pay. That's R- rates of pay and per time. So yeah. what you p- it's what you pay people for their work and what. you them if you are asking them to work away from home and under certain circumstances. So that's more your personnel stuff rather right? yeah. than your freight mm-hmm. stuff or your yeah. kind of you know, prompts yeah, stuff. if you want to do freight stuff have a chat to someone like us or to a tour coordinator or, yeah. But that, your personnel that, that's the budget.
0: way to put it, it's, like you, it's your minimum wage, you know, if or you're working or a shop or or yeah, Worth repeating is that sometimes you'll actually look at it and you go, that's low. You haven't yeah. done yourself a service by going low, you've yeah. actually, you've
1: made me very nervous about your ability to tell enough. Sure. Yeah. And, and when you're assessing, like, as people who select things to go into marketplaces, to, you know, if it's a curated festival, if they look at a figure and, and, and say it's low, it's like, if it's low enough, they'll just go, oh, so it's going to take me a bit more work to make sure this is all right, whereas these guys have got it right artistically, yeah. you know, much for much.
0: Whatever, but it, is,
1: know the is, yeah.
2: it can be tricky though, because some some places there's a bit of hard parable that goes on when you're pitching. You're like Yeah. So it's good to have that information and go what am, what what is my minimum? Yeah. And then um, and figure it out. It's not it's not, yeah. Yeah. It
1: um, a colleague of ours, Erica McCallman, who's the product producer at Next next wave, got up at the Victorian Theatre Forum about a month ago and so said, know your value and stand on it. Yeah. Mm, yeah. And at the very least in monetary terms, the live performance award tells you what your value is. Mm. Um, mm. And, you sh- and, and you can then, if, if, if you are hardballing someone, you can defend that. Mm. You can sit there and say, I'm paying myself award rates, mm. how much lower I can't actually go any lower, I can't ethically go any lower than that. And, and Tessa makes a
0: good point, it all comes up back to you on the internet. As the tour producer, as the artist, as the one kind of doing the work, you're probably the one who gets squeezed. So you don't want to start squeezing yourself at the beginning because mm-hmm. it's your dinner that will suffer, it's your rent back at home that will suffer, it's the fact that you're catching a bus from one side of the country to the other rather than a quick flight. Yeah, so is that a question about like touring existing work? or going to find other kinds of opportunities, like residencies or...
2: <coughs>
0: oh yeah, so yeah, Some. I think Tessa mentioned this a little bit. So, sometimes you'll have a, a show, and, you know, come and see me for an hour, sit on a couch and talk to interesting people, it'll be a laugh riot. Um, and sometimes you have rather, like Justin was saying, an artist might have a particular workshop that they run. Um, Often a workshop is actually kind of like a value add. You can almost say to them, I'm going to give you uh, five nights a week of me sitting on a couch doing a comedy show, but in the daytime I can also run a workshop for kids, um, for your local performers, for how to, the how to build a couch. You know, <laughs> all those things are very clever to build in, and that might be an optional value add that you can offer them. Touring just workshops. Um, that's a pretty particular case, but... Um, Tessa's right that um, even during Melbourne Fringe, we run workshops. We have a whole ser- a section called um, Words and Ideas, which a lot of workshops are in. Um, Adelaide Fringe will do the same, and there's a lot of opportunities there. You might actually find off the side of conferences or something like that, workshops are more valuable and interesting. In the Real Centre is a good avenue for that. Yeah, School I holidays can be an amazing opportunity if you just kind of follow that around.
2: I put it in my pitch as well. I, I, if I'm pitching a show, I can also do a workshop associated with this show, or I can do teacher's notes or they might not book it but as long as they know that it's available then you can yeah it's
0: like putting it on the menu it's kind of you know you tell me what you're after each venue will have different things Hi. last question i think okay um
2: don't have that
0: pressure. <laughs> there will be one more question
2: okay Great, thank you I really like being a
0: a really great question it is your box office so it is your call okay. however um, yes I reckon that in this instance because you're kind of you know asking them a professional question saying I'd like you to come and engage with my work it, it would be fair in a lot of cases to say I'd, I'd like to offer you a ticket you don't need to give them two if you don't want to but you know sometimes that helps because it really does you know people have their partner or whatever that they go with but also if you've got any questions on that and you kind of feel like this is a bit fishy come and have a chat with one of us at Fringe get on the phone because we actually know what um, each pr- presenter has said that they're looking for. And we, we don't let them be cheeky. Because basically if they're only looking for circus and then all of a sudden they just want to go to all the fun things, <laughs> then that's not really fair. But, you know, I think it is a professional courtesy often to offer. That, that, is, that it really helps. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: Did you have something to say on that, Tom? Oh, Tessa. Do you have anything new want the blog? Oh, yeah.
2: Show that I did this year called Fully Sick uh, has just been commissioned by ABC to become to go for a broadcast. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Stop it. Um <laughs> but it's so it's filming they gave us no time to make it. So it's filming next Friday, the 8th of September, and uh, I need an audience, so if anyone would like to come, come and talk to me after and I'll put you on the door. It's Woo. at 6:30 pm in Brunswick, uh, finished by 7.30. As a bar, um, it's a whole show, like you sit there and watch the whole show, you might be on the telly. <laughs> <laughs> I will definitely be on the
1: telly. <laughs> um, and it all
2: started at fringe. Oh sorry, I no, no, <laughs> um, think.
1: I last question.
2: Assistant uh, Maybe PR actually PR is probably a good. PR is a bit that I don't like the most.
0: <laughs> why.
2: And that's and, and the reason it's hard when you're touring is one once you're in the tour. The the, the energy that it, it takes to do a show every day is very different to showing up to like your job, and your ability to read emails well and chase up phone calls just kind of disappears. Um, so I would say. If you've got a great show that's getting you know that you love and that you want to sell, I would probably put money to a good publicist. But get feedback on that publicist because there's also a lot of bad publicists out there that you can just wasting money. Um, Yeah, a good publicist can really help sell your show. And
0: local to that area, if you're going to Edinburgh, Perth. Yeah, and local. Yeah, yeah, so get in Adelaide, get an Adelaide Adelaide
2: publicist. In Perth, get a Perth publicist. The other thing is. in Perth and in Adelaide, there's not a lot of press on the ground. So just look at each festival you're going to. If it's a fee-paying festival, like if you're going to Darwin, then I wouldn't worry because it's all through the festival anyway. And yeah. you, you can, can do social free media free free and that free goes free a long free way. Free. Yeah. Yeah,
1: can, cool. I can I add to that? If you're putting on a Fringe show, particularly one of the Fringe Hub venues, and it's the first one of the show, make really good friends with your renter. Um, I was one for Melbourne Fringe. Um, a handful of occasions, and I, I wrote text specs. I do I was more consistently actually in the room for the Melbourne Comedy Festival, and I wrote lots of text specs for my comedians because I don't mind. I've been I've been I've seen you more than I've seen my partner for the last three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, and it doesn't take long. It's you know it's my job. I do it well. And hey, you've thrown me six pack of beer extra. Great. Um, um, who, yeah, people people are happy to help you out particularly in, in the environment of a fringe festival um, yeah I the, the colleagues I made on the first festival i worked back in back in 2003 I am still really good friends with lots of them I'm still in touch with them and I would happily work with all of them again and we are now all over the place we're, we we there are some of us in Danny Dan- at mo we're at Toronto fringe where it Edinburgh Fringe, but you know, I'm at Regional Arts Victoria. So th- that tiny family I- is amazing. And, and if you're at the emerging stage of your career, some of the friends you make doing Fringe festivals become some of the best friends you want ever make in life. Mm-hmm. So on the topic
0: of um, gifts and thanks, I owe yeah. you a beer, I owe you a beer. See you on the dance Fringe. Done. So a big round of applause for Justin and <laughs> Thank you for coming and thank you for coming. Um that your point was also great. It's time to start inviting people. You really mm. now's the time. Yeah. It's a couple of weeks coming up and it feels like it's a way away, but I would put that on the list first. Tomorrow, if not tomorrow, Thursday, if not Thursday, Friday, as soon as possible.
1: I, I've sent a, I've a tomorrow to start responding to all the invites I've already, already received on top of stuff that I need to see for other reasons. So yeah, now is if, if you're going after some of those bigger venues, now get that tour ready kit and get on to them now. You know, they've got other jobs to do. Programming for some of them is a small part. Now! the chat. If you want to come to the thingy next
0: photo,
2: tell us about your name.